0: Today we are talking all about women's health, but men don't leave because this is something that you should understand if you have a wife, a girlfriend, a daughter, any women in your life, because this is going to give insight into the fact that We are not crazy. We just actually have really crazy things happening inside our body every single month, which is the reason that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. It's funny because a man's hormonal cycle, so to say, resets every 24 hours. But for a woman, it takes a month, anywhere from 28 to 32 on average. It could be more, it could be less. But in that amount of days, that's how that's our hormonal cycle. It's amazing the way that we're made, but it's also really important for men and women, especially women, to understand what goes on in their bodies when this cycle is happening. This has been a huge interest to me over the past year, and it just honestly amazed me that I am a woman and didn't understand what was going on in my own body. In today's episode, I have an amazing conversation with Dr. Beth Westy. Dr. Westy is a doctor of chiropractic, and she has spent so many years working specifically with women and their hormones, helping them understand how to eat, sleep, and move to be more in line with what their body needs at wherever they may be in their female hormone cycle during the month. We talk about premenopause. We talk about postmenopause. We talk about all the things that you need to know to feel better in your body and more empowered as a woman. Here's my conversation with Dr. Beth Westing. Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about something new and exciting that we're doing here with the podcast. I have a brand new course called Your Best Self that's all about how to become the best that you can be in every area of your pies, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And if you want to enter to win this new course, then I'm going to be drawing one podcast reviewer every single month to win one of these courses. So what you can do is Leave your podcast review wherever you listen to podcasts, take a screenshot of it, and then email me that screenshot at hello at piesuniversity.com. That's hello at piesuniversity.com. And you will be entered into the monthly drawing to win a free, complete, your best self course on how to become the best and most attractive that you can be in 30 days. So leave that review, send me an email, and I hope that you win the course. I am very excited to have Dr. Beth Westy on the show today, first of all, because she is an absolute delight to talk to, and second of all, because I have found her material and her podcast to be helpful even in my own life, in my own female hormone journey. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Beth. Yay! I am so excited to be here, so thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Absolutely. So here's the really interesting thing. I have felt more in this past year that I, as a woman, know absolutely nothing about the way that my body is designed. And it wasn't until my doctor back in February did a Dutch test on me where he was really, you know, tracking everything about my hormones and cycle. And he, as a man, sat down and explained to me, here's how your hormones work. And I thought, how can I be in my 30s, and literally have no idea the way that my body was designed. Isn't that crazy?
1: Um, no, that's not crazy. <laughs> that's so common. And and to be totally honest, I I felt the same way. Um, you know, when I was going through hormonal issues after I had my third kid, which is you know this is all what led me into the work that I do. But I had ovarian cysts. And no matter what I did, I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, what the crap? I mean, so I'm a chiropractor by training, but we went through a bunch of, you know, women's health courses, things like that. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a primary care physician in the state of Minnesota. So I was like, I feel like you should know enough about how the body works and functions to figure this out. And I could not, right? So this is where so many women are at. And it's because we're not educated on this. We're not told that our system shifts and changes so much or the different needs, you know, nutritionally exercise, lifestyle, all that, because our bodies are just chemically different week to week throughout the month. You know, um, I mean, I mean, think of, so, you know, my, I have three kids at my middle when she was in fifth grade and she had that one class, right? Like that one day when they talk about puberty, <laughs> just the one, just the one day where you know, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what we got growing up, right? Unless for some reason your family was really, you know, open about, you know, you know, physiology, right? And biology. We had no idea. You know, I was raised very Catholic. We just didn't talk about it. You know, it was, that's, that's what it was. There's class in fifth grade, and that's kind of it. And then you maybe touch on the same topics, like once in middle school and once in a high school general health course. There's no other information. Any other information we get is from like movies or TV shows or I mean how many Cosmo articles did you read <laughs> that say, "Oh, do you have cramps or do you have, you know, this or this?" Right? That's where we're getting our info from. Not from, you know, and so it's not helpful, it's not accurate, it's not, you know, whatever. No wonder why we get into our, you know, late twenties or thirties or forties or even fifties. And we're, and women are like, I have no idea what's going on with my body. I don't, I don't understand it. And I can't figure it out why I'm here. And I don't know how to, I don't know the path to take to get it back to where I feel good and I'm functioning good.
0: Hmm. So do you think that hormones are, or let me, let me word it this way. How important do you think that hormones are to how a woman feels on a daily basis?
1: Oh, I mean, maybe I'm biased in saying this. They're very important. They're going to be at least, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50% of how you're feeling that day. I mean, it's it's a big amount because for women who have hormonal issues, you know, you know that there's there might be a day you wake up and you feel like you got hit by a truck, and that's and that's it, right? What did what did you do different from the day before? Nothing. Your body hormonally changed, and that's it.
0: Can you give a brief overview of what? I don't even know if I should use the word ideal, but what a nor or even the word normal. <laughs> I don't know what the right word, but what a female's hormone cycle typically looks like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, and I know, I totally know what you mean by like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Right. Like everybody is different. What you, you know, may have genetically, um, could be different than somebody else, of course, all those things. Um, but you know, typically what we talk about in terms of just educational purposes to understand the basics of the info is a 28 day cycle. Um, so day one is the first day of your period. That's like Real bleeding not just spotting that type of a thing sometimes women get confused because they'll bleed for a day it stops for a day then it comes back for a day mm-hmm. and they're not sure which to count as day one and it's really so that's also a symptom of adrenal fatigue so really yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh. because your adrenals are so wiped out that you your system can't uh, handle and support bleeding consistent days in a row yeah um, but so we get confused even on when day one is essentially, because sometimes hormones are off, right? So it's the first full day and then you go from there and then days one through 14, your body is actually higher in estrogens. So estrogen is the more dominant hormone there. Day 14 is about when you would ovulate, you know, day 14, 15, and then estrogens drop and then progesterone rises. So progesterone is the more dominant hormone then days 15 through 28. And so... This is a typical pattern. So I just reference it as days 1 through 14, estrogen for those first two weeks, and days 15 through 28, progesterone for the second two weeks. Just for simplicity, yes, it's called luteal and follicular and all these other things. No one remembers that, (laughs) so I don't reference it. Uh, Yeah, so that's kind of the basics of timing. Now, again, stress can throw off a pattern. So when you ovulate and when progesterone rises it should happen, you know, on a routine basis, but that's not, um, permit your hormones are impressionable. So it shifts and changes with things, uh, in the environment with different, if you work out differently or start a different workout routine or change your nutrition a certain way, or even if you're around different people, I mean, how, like if you've ever lived with girls in college,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't take very long, right? Like every single sports team I was on ever. <laughs> doesn't take very long and all of our cycles link up, right? It's, Hmm. your hormones are impressionable. So keep in mind that certain things can shift and change that typical pattern. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong per se with that happening. That's just how our bodies function. Um, Stress again is another thing that can throw off the timing. It can delay, you know, um, ovulation, or it can even cancel ovulation completely. So you'd like skip a period that month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a really long answer to
0: your short question. No, it, 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 it's still, it's still just an overview because it's so. So, what are the what is the benefit? What does estrogen do for us, and what does progesterone do for us? Yeah. So, estrogen
1: um, is going to be a hormone that, well, first, it, it's typically is you know, for your reproductive organs. It builds up your uterine lining. Um, So, but it also does other things in our systems. It's going to give us more energy naturally. It's going to help you recover from workouts naturally. You're going to feel a boost during workouts. Um, Your digestive system works better. Your memory is typically a little bit better. (laughs) Um, A lot of times you just feel, you know, uplifted and boosted during estrogen. And what's funny is, um, so a lot of times women will notice, oh yeah, like I went for a run, like, I, I ran five miles, and I felt really good, and I was just trucking along, making good timing, and I recovered really well. I was just a little sore, and I felt really good because you're in the estrogen phase. Everything is boosted and running faster. Um, and estrogens also burn carbs naturally. Hmm. So a lot of times your system might feel like, especially with the inc- if you are increasing workouts because you just feel better naturally, that you might want more carbs. And that's okay because your system's burning carbs naturally at that point.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of fun, right? So it's a good reason to eat some more sweet potatoes. Yes. (laughs) So that's, and then in the second phase, the progesterone. Yep. Second phase phase is progesterone. Progesterone literally means
1: progestation. And so your Mm. body is prepping for a viable pregnancy every single month, whether or not it's there. Hmm. So it's going to slow some things down. It's going to slow down your digestive system. It wants to absorb every single possible nutrient from the things that you're eating it it wants to um you know hold on to things a little bit longer so this is where you can get more bloated or constipated because your digestive system is just slower uh Yeah, so adding in like some more probiotics or enzymes or something to help quicken that along can help so much. Um, uh, You're not going to have the same natural energy at that point either. Energy overall can get zapped a little earlier in the day, noticing that, gosh, I just, I'm not feeling that oomph all the way through the day anymore. Yep, that's normal. Uh, Your system also can have a harder time working out at the same capacity. So that five miles that you ran a week earlier, when you were in the estrogen phase, mm-hmm. you run the same five miles. Like I woke up, I had the same thing for breakfast. I drank the same amount of water, and I went for this run. And ten minutes in, my legs felt so heavy. Uh, oh, what's wrong with me? uh oh, and I just struggle through the rest of the run. And then you were more sore after. So many women look at that and say, "Ugh." Oh, dang it, what am I doing wrong with my training? I'm missing out on my fitness goals and everything. And it's, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You took a different body for a run that day. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going to respond differently. Um, and, and the other thing about progesterone is that it actually you'll need more nutrients during this phase too. Um, again, if you have an active cycle, your uterus grows twice the size, your blood volume increases, fluid levels increase, your weight will increase at this point, that's normal. And your system is going to need more nutrients, more proteins, more healthy fats, more minerals. And without that, your system will see it as a depletion. And that's where a lot of women feel Um, cravings feel hungry feel run down Mm -hmm. because their system's just that a little bit more depleted at this point because we're trying to stay really strict on an eating plan versus feel what our bodies really need um so that's the other thing about progesterone the other fun thing about progesterone is that because it sounds not fun so far. (laughs) Very slow and dragging me down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Right. But as long as you're really kind of listening to your system, fueling it better, fueling it more, um, this is a point where your body actually can burn more fat naturally because your basal body temperature is higher here. Hmm. Yeah. So again, Ebbing and flowing, working with your system naturally, not being restrictive of any kind. But again, basal body temperature is lower in the estrogen phase, but higher in the progesterone phase. So when you do, you know, things to be more active, do things, you know, that thermogenic property to help your system burn fat, you get to tap into a little bit more in this progesterone phase. Hmm. Which is fun.
0: So wh- how would either of these hormones affect how a woman might feel emotionally at mm-hmm. those two stages?
1: Yes, 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 yes. So here's the, here's the different thing about the different phases. For, some, for most women, they will feel fantastic during the estrogen phase. Like once their period ends, they're like, oh, I feel great for a couple of weeks. And then they shift, they ovulate, they shift over into progesterone, and then they start to slow down all the way up to like the week before, or even the few days leading up to their period when they feel just like a pile of hot garbage. (laughs) (laughs) That's a typical pattern. Some women though, if they are like really estrogen dominant, or they have other hormonal imbalances, they actually have the opposite. They feel... Terrible during the estrogen phase, and they feel great during progesterone. Huh? Yeah, that's a smaller percentage of women, but it does happen. So I was like to mention it, just so women don't you know you're not crazy. That's just yep, definitely how it goes sometimes. Um, but it's it's important to recognize that you know these shifts and changes are normal. And it's normal to feel like, oh, my gosh, why is my body doing this? Yep, it's a different body. You have like four different bodies throughout the month. So every time it shifts and changes, just recognize, okay, I need to do something a little bit differently. I need maybe a little more rest and recovery now. Or I feel I I can build and maintain more muscle at this point. You know, shifting back and forth what you're doing to align with where your body's at versus... Trying to force it to do something that it's harder for it to do at that point. That's where we get really frustrated with our systems. We expect it to be this is my meal plan for the month, this many calories every day, this much activity every day. And that's great for a male body. Mm -hmm. But a female body, there's, you have, I mean, chemically you're different, hormonally it's different. So when you shift and change things, it's so much easier to still accomplish the same goal of, like, oh, I I I feel really good still. And even though it's like a week before my period, I normally would start to feel really um, tired and brain fog and just not myself. I'm still feeling really good because I'm still getting movement in, but I'm not trying to push myself too hard. So I'm recovering better and I'm feeling more. So I feel really good there. It's just a different phase.
0: Oh my goodness, this is making so much sense. So this this is why... The I mean, so this has to play into how like men can lose weight so quick and women are more resistant, right? This is that part of why that happens. Yes. Men can like sneeze and fart and drop five
1: pounds.
0: (laughs) Right? It's true. My husband can go no carb for or low carb for a week and he's like, I lost 10 pounds. And I'm thinking, it would take me a year and I would hate my life. Even more than that, so much of our culture, society is is I mean we clearly we don't talk about the part that women are different. Mm. I mean we know women are different, you know, the way right. they work, but we don't talk about the way of I'm thinking of my my workout plan I follow. So yeah. I'm on this plan that it, it it just it the programming auto generates every week. Mm-hmm. And it, it's off. I know it's off from my cycle. And I know that if it were two weeks shifted one way, then I would have those down regulation weeks that are programmed on the week I need them to be down regulated. But right now I'm having to push myself during those weeks. You're saying I should be resting. So, ha- you know, we live in this society where if we're doing meal plans or, you know, it's not lining up with what we need. Plus every woman is going to be different in the month. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what do we do?
1: (laughs) So, um, so just as a reference for when you said like your workout plan and and you feel like it's the wrong thing. Yeah. It's, you know, there's so much stuff out there like that. And again, it's not wrong. Like, I don't want to say like those things are bad or wrong. They're not. And you can still follow protocols like that, right? Like if you love CrossFit or something and you go to a gym and that's, and you're following their thing, that's fine. You know, you can always just sort of tailor it, tweak it for you or say, you know what, I'm in progesterone right now, I know I need a little extra recovery. So I'm going to take that little extra time for myself in between sets in between something. And you'll be shocked at how much different you feel and how much actually faster you get results, because you listen to your body.
0: So first of all, there's a lot of questions I have. The first one is how do we know where we are in our cycles. I mean, so the regular 28 day, that would be great. Mine's not 28 days. Um, I think it's like 30 or 31, which isn't terrible, but how, so, you know, do we just start marking on our calendars? One, two, three, four, like, how do you tactically recommend that women start actually realizing where they are? And then what are the things that could help us best by following those weeks? Yes, 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 yes. So, a lot of times, and again, this is because we're not trained
1: or taught or told that this is important, but we've we're not used to taking enough biometric information on our systems, right? Like so many women are like, "Oh, I guess I got my period again." I have no idea. Um, so you can track it in an app. There's a ton of apps out there that help you track your cycle um, to let you know about when you're about where you should be. Um, and then also a, a good rule of thumb is just to start with your basal body temperature, you know, for some women, if you have a really irregular cycle, like sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. I mean, I work with women that have like three periods a year, and they're not on any birth control or anything, they just don't get their period. And they're trying to figure it out. Again, like your hormones are impressionable. So you have the opportunity to get in the driver's seat and tell and direct your hormones on where you want them to go and be and lay down a pattern for them. So if you have an irregular cycle, start Somewhere, like just start on day one and go from there. If you're in perimenopause or menopause, same thing. Start and go from there because that hormonal shift and change can still affect your system, but on a tiny scale, you know, if you're in perimenopause or menopause. Um, but it's it's really really helpful to start somewhere. But if you can track it and take basal body temperature, because that tells you as well where your body would be shifting. So typically, you know, if it's 28 day cycle, you go, oh okay. It's 14 and 14 days, right? If you have like a 36-day cycle, typically the progesterone phase is only two weeks still. So you'd have to back up 14 days from that 36 end point and then your estrogen phase would be a lot longer. Now, that's not always the case for women, though, either. Sometimes it's half and half. So it would be 14 plus 3, you know, 17 and 17 days. My math, right? That's not right. 18. Um, 18 and
0: 18. <laughs> you were close. <laughs> yeah, <okay.
1: laughs> yeah. So so again, you can a good rule of thumb to start with is start somewhere, start tracking so you know when things shift and change in your body, and then go from there. Like, okay, yep, I'm doing my cycles 36 days. So I'm gonna do 18 days of cool, you know, of estrogen stuff and 18 days of progesterone stuff.
0: There we go. What is your favorite basal body temperature tracking method? Just a thermometer. Just a a, regular one.
1: Yep. Get a regular old, just doesn't need to be fancy, doesn't need to be whatever. I know that this is, I have feelings about some of this stuff. Like you referenced something earlier about like women's health stuff and we get referenced and targeted for a ton of things that are unnecessary. Like Hmm. when we talk about women's health, everybody thinks of like bikini health. Right. Mm. You're thinking of like uteruses and boobs. That's it. Like, well, you yeah. have the rest of your body attached to that. Right. That's affected by all these hormones. So come on. you know, Right. Um, and it's the same thing with things like, oh, you want a basal body thermometer. This is a special basal body thermometer. So it's going to cost $12 more than the regular dumb thermometer that does the same dang thing. Yeah. So that's a great question, but it is, yeah, just a regular thermometer. Wake up in the morning, take your temperature, write it down. You know, and again, there's apps where you can track your basal body temperature to kind of really get a good sense of what your system's doing. But your own biometrics are really powerful. Huh.
0: And what you're looking for, so you're supposed to take it before you get out of bed, right? Yeah. Like, don't drink water. Don't go pee. Just wake up. Yeah. Yep. Roll over. Put it in your. Put it under your
1: tongue. Yep. And it should be about the same time every morning. You know, mm-hmm. and it's okay if you're like, oh, I wake up at seven you know, during the week, but I will sleep until nine on the weekends. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, There should be, there might be a slight differentiation in the temperatures during the week than on the weekends. But again, overall, you're getting a good pattern to start
0: with. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for what a rise during the estrogen week? No. No. So when after, does it rise? When does it drop? Yeah. Where Where are we looking? Yeah. So um, from when you start your period, your, your temperature
1: should drop and be the lowest it will be. Now, again, for everybody, temperature can be different. Your basal body temperature can be 97 degrees. It can be 95.5 degrees. You know, it can be 98.6 degrees. It just it depends, right? Every person is different, uh, which is also, again, I don't know when you're going to air this, but really interesting. That everybody's getting their temperature taken everywhere they're going now, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, For some people, they have naturally higher temperatures. Mm -hmm. That's just their bodies, you know? And then, yeah, so it's lower than during estrogen. And then when you ovulate, your temperature spikes. And it's the highest. It should be when your body ovulates. It comes down just a touch, but stays higher overall. It can be like a full degree or more. In the progesterone phase. So, this is the thing if you have a high temperature already, and then you're going somewhere to get, like, to go into a store and they have to take your temperature, I don't know, something, right? And then you're like, they're like, oh, your temperature is very high. And you're like, I'm just ovulating. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. I'm fine.
0: I'm just ovulating. <laughs> <Like something. laughs> well, that, so does that also lead to being hotter at night when you sleep? It absolutely can. Yeah. Cause your core body temperature is, is different, right? Higher.
1: Men do- don't have that. Men don't have this. This is the other thing to think of. Men, men's body temperature does not shift and change like this throughout the month on a regular pattern. Women's bodies do this. Our bodies shift and change so much so that our core temperature changes.
0: Isn't that cool? I think it's cool. Like, it, it's, I mean, it's amazing. It really is amazing everything our bodies can do and what they're built for. Yeah. Yes. So how... Before, before we go any further, because I have a lot more questions about this, but so how does, does it change in perimenopause and in menopause?
1: Mm, yes. So, um, for the perimenopause phase technically is when estrogens start to drop overall to a low level and then um, progesterones will drop. So oftentimes women get hot flashes, other things like that because of the fluctuation in their system um, processing through those hormones and they're not on the rise anymore. Estrogen and progesterone are primarily produced by the ovaries. So going through perimenopause and then into menopause, essentially your ovaries like go into hibernation and they don't come out. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, but you do have some level, it's a very tiny level, but you still have some hormone in your system. So, uh, estrogens and progesterones are also produced by other tissues, adrenal uh, tissues, neural tissues, and fat cells. Hmm. So for a lot of women, that I work with, this is the case for them when they are in perimenopause or menopause because of the hormone change. This sounds so fun, by the way, I'm just warning you right before I get into it because it sounds <laughs> okay. like, like, come on, this is the hand we're dealt. Yes. Um, as your body shifts and changes in hormone, it's an extra stressor on your body and your system. And if you're not shifting how you're taking care of it, like how you're eating you know, uh, nutrients, minerals, all those things, It's an extra stressor. Our system's immediate response to stress is fat storage. So It stores more fat. Women on average gain 7 to 10 pounds going through menopause. Not because they did anything different, but just because that's our system's response to stress. Okay, all right. But when you add more fat tissue, and if somebody is, you know, maybe a little overweight or had hormonal issues before, that fat tissue actually creates more estrogens. So now you're going through a phase where the ovaries are going dormant, but the system has still too much estrogen, making them estrogen dominant, leading to even more hot flashes, more weight gain, weight loss resistance, insulin resistance issues, all these other things. Because the fat cells themselves are also estrogenic. They're producing more estrogens
0: for your system. Yay. (laughs) Something to look forward to. So how can, is there any way to avoid that? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I
1: talk about, cause I do talk a lot about like women and fat and all that stuff. And it's not about like being skinny or anything. It's about being your healthiest self and your health is cumulative, your health is cumulative. So it works to your advantage. Most of the time we view our health and time in a very negative way. I need to lose 10 pounds in two weeks or something's wrong, or I'm doing a bad job or something, right? Versus looking at it and like, you know what, over the next five years, I just want to slowly work on my hormonal health. And you've got all this time, that's an asset to you. And as you go along, you can do little things, little shifts and changes so that at the end of that five years, you're like, Oh, yeah, this is great. My body's responding really, really well. And I feel really good. And now my hormones are a different place. So that when I go into perimenopause or menopause, again, your body, you're living in a different body then. So it's responding really well. And again, it's not a, it's not a rush. There's no race here. You know, we're so used to doing things that are, I describe it like the tortoise and the hare, right? We're so used to doing things that are like the hare. I'm going to do keto. I'm going to do this. Oh my God. I chatted with a gal the other day, eating a thousand calories a day and running five miles every day. No
0: way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. And she was just gaining weight. She's like, I don't understand. I've been doing this all year, literally all year.
0: Oh,
1: she is hungry. Yes! I was like, okay, do some yoga call, yeah. workout, and you're going to eat more protein out. But the, I mean, mindset wise, this is what we've been brainwashed into believing is the only way to get a result. So, so of course, right. Of course, you know um, but uh, that doesn't lead us to win the race, right? So slow and steady wins the race. Being the tortoise wins the race. So that's the biggest thing hormonally when we're looking at where you are and where you want to be. It's, you know, be the tortoise. Hmm.
0: So do you think that women should be tracking weight or BMI for their ideal health or are there other things that we should be looking at?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So BMI was not meant to be used on an individual basis. If you look at the history of BMI, it was used, um, I think it was in Europe. They were assessing like large populations of people um, to assess whether or not they were actually how underweight people were to send uh, food aid after
0: a war. Oh, interesting.
1: That's the original creation of BMI. The guy who did the calculations and everything else was like, this should never be used on an individual basis, only to oh. the overall like wellness of a group of people, and he was using it as wellness in terms of are these people starving or not? this town over here, you know where are they at weight wise how overweight or underweight are they, and how much aid do they need in food assistance versus this town over here? That was what it was for. We don't use no. it like that. That's how we're using it so mm-hmm. um so. So in my opinion, BMI is crap.
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: I mean, it is one thing to measure a body fat percentage, things like that. But again, women hold a higher body fat percentage. And again, your system does not, uh, women's bodies gain and lose fat at a different rate and for different reasons than men's. We gain and lose weight for different reasons than men. Men can build muscles so quickly and easily and women have a hard time. So when we're looking at weight going up, oftentimes when women are on a quote-unquote weight loss journey, you're stepping on the scale every day to try and see, oh, I lose weight today versus today. And that is going to set you up for failure time after time after time because think about your body throughout the month. You have it every week. Your blood volume changes. You should gain weight throughout the month
0: because... That's not what we want to (laughs) hear.
1: I know, I know. But so if you weigh yourself on day seven, you know, that's going to be one of the lightest days of the whole month for you. Then think about like the day before your period starts, right? You literally have more blood volume. You are holding more fluid. Your body doesn't upload hydration the same way in progesterone phase. So it's harder to get hydration and water into your cells. So you will be puffier. Right not, I mean, not a lot, but it, you know, some women are yeah. like, well, yes, I totally get puffy. All these, yep, this is why mm-hmm. fluid levels are different. All these other things are different in different points of the month. So if you weigh yourself on day 27 or 28, you can weigh five pounds, seven pounds, even 10 pounds more than you did on day seven. You didn't gain 10 pounds of fat. It's fluid. And the fact that your uterus is twice the size.
0: So, I get super thirsty that week before my period. Is not, this why? Yeah, because you're not hydrating. You
1: need, a, you need more electrolytes and minerals. Minerals are essential to upload the hydration into the cell. So you're drinking water. And w- this happens all the time. I mean, this is the Cosmo articles I'm talking about. Sorry. <laughs> like, times we're like, oh, are you bloated? Drink more water, blah, blah, blah. That makes you more bloated in progesterone because you're not getting a mineral to put it into the cell. I'm like waving my arm around right now. Wow.
0: <laughs> if you could see, it would be passionate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll Those are sweating soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> These are the things. Like again, we're told certain things. Oh, if you're if you're thirsty, or you know, you need more water. Blah, blah. Okay, but you're not actually getting it then, because the female body is at a different chemical component then. you have. Different, you know, makeup at th- that point takes different things to hydrate. <sighs> right? Isn't this fun? I, (laughs) yeah,
0: it is. Well, and what's so crazy about it is this is our body. Like this is my body we are talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not just an experiment or a textbook. Like, yeah, yeah. These are things that you experience month after month, all year
1: long. And it's been happening for years and again, so often we just feel disconnected. We feel crazy for living in the bodies that we're living in because we're not told, oh, yep, this is a different thing. Oh, yep, you're going to be responding differently. Yep, nope, that's normal that you would feel different at this point or that no matter what you do, drinking tons of water, you're still feeling thirsty. Drink more water. No, drink more mineral." I guarantee you're going to feel really, really different then. So
0: what? So what would that be? If he, so what does drinking more minerals mean? Oh
1: yes. So, I if I in talking about products, I'm not married to a product line, so there's that. Um, but I do like to recommend different things that are easy and quick to get and clean. Clean is so important, meaning there's no artificial garbage in there, no artificial colors, sweeteners, flavors, anything like that, because that um, destroys the bacteria in your gut. So if you're trying to take a bunch of good probiotics to help your gut health, yet you're eating something that has an artificial sweetener, you're ruining it. You're just, you know, yes. So there's that. Um, but things like noon, N-U-U-N.
0: Mm-hmm. I've little,
1: heard of it. Yeah, little tablets. I mean, you can get them at Target or wherever, you know, you order them online, whatever. Little tablets, drop them in a water bottle. They fizz. Those are just added minerals. So salt, adding a little salt, adding a little calcium, magnesium. You can make your own... Essentially like healthy Gatorade, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Pinterest has a ton of recipes, um, you know, uh, salts and calcium, magnesium powder, put it in some water, add a little flavoring if you want, like uh, a little bit of juice or lemon slices, strawberry slices, something like that. There you go. It doesn't taste salty. Like you shouldn't be feeling like, oh, it tastes like salt water. Oh, nope. That's right. Like, you too know. much. Yeah. that's Too much salt. Took it, took it too far there, but. Yeah, just a little bit of mineral there makes a big difference in hydration.
0: How does stress affect the female hormones? Oh, um, so much. Sorry, there's
1: like, oh, uh, where to begin? Where to, begin. <laughs> where to even begin? So, stress affects our systems, um, in, in, in a very powerful way in that it slows everything down, it makes everything tougher. So, I like to think of it like, uh, setting off this inflammatory response. So if your whole body is like a machine with all these gears, right? Like the Willy Wonka machine with all those gears, right? And then the foam starts coming out, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, like a big machine with all these gears. Now imagine pouring green gunky slime in all those gears. How well is all all of those gears going to run? Not very well. That's what stress does to our system. It physically it slows down your digestive system. It decreases the healthy bacteria in your gut. It increases the bad bacteria. It slows down how well your system can release enzymes. It slows down tissue recovery rate. You know, so if you're working out, um, it's literally, it, it destroys collagen. It's like, it's like head to toe, everything, right? Physically for our systems and for the female body, when we're under stress, it will just turn on fat storage, I mean, our bodies are designed to store fat, right? they are That's what they're made for. And then under stress, they'll do it 10 times better. Yay. Mm. 10 times more. So that's where we get stuck. I mean, it's one thing if you're under like an acute amount of stress for some reason. Oh, I have a big test or some crazy work project or something like that. And you know, maybe you're not eating as much, so you might drop some weight I'm using mm. right now just temporarily. But overall, it slows down your metabolism and tells your system to store more fat.
0: Mm. So what would you say are the top things that cause long-term stress in women? And then what would you say are the top things that women should be focusing on to keep their hormones happy? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> So, top
1: things that cause stress, um, besides twenty twenty, there's <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call it out for what it is. Yes, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a big thing that women get stressed about is is their health, hmm. right? and Just feeling like, oh my gosh, I my body changed. You know, whether it be. I just got older or I had a baby or I had this hormonal thing happen or this trauma event happen in my life. And now my body's not the same. Mm. That's very frustrating and very, very stressful for us. Um, and, and, and to feel like we don't have the map to get back to, to where we want to be with our health. Um, and then of course there's other things, you know, in terms of stressors there's traumas toxins and thoughts those are the top 3, mm. three categories right traumas toxins thoughts um, and so oftentimes too one of the categories there take a take a look around your home where are you spending your time you know do you have toxic chemicals where are you, what's in your cleaning products what's in your laundry soap you know your makeup stuff all that stuff makes a difference cuz little um, endocrine disruptors chemicals that screw up your hormones can be everywhere they They make products very cheap. They make them, Oh, this one smells so good. Okay. That's the thing that's screwing up your period. You know, yeah. that, that, that would be another big area to look at. It's a, it's a tough undertaking, but it's worth it when you get clean stuff in your home and in your, for your lifestyle
0: products. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. One of those hidden, you don't think about it or, or you think it's a conspiracy theory and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then what are the ways that our audience can find you? Cause golly, like, you know, your stuff, right? You're, you know, what you're talking about. You love helping women with this. So where can our audience find you, follow you, get more information. And especially if they, if they're saying, gosh, I need, I specifically need help with this. Um, what can you do to help them?
1: Yeah. So I'm all over the interwebs of, you know, the different platforms. Um, uh, Facebook and Instagram is Dr. Beth Westy. I have my website, which is drbethwesty.com. And my YouTube channel is Dr. Beth Westy. And then my podcast is called the Female Health Solution.
0: Mm. And is it Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R? R Dr Dr Yep. Dr. D-R Beth Westy on all the things oh. and all the places. And I love it. Yeah. I love what you do. I love your personality and the way you explain things and what you do for women. So thank you so yeah,
1: much. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. There's also, um, if people want, if you're, they're listening to this and like, I want to do more with my hormones. There is, I do have a free gift for people. It's, um, it's a recipes, recipes for your hormones cookbook. So super easy to follow family friendly, just healthy, clean, easy to make recipes. It's on my website. So if you go to drbethwesty.com, it'll pop up there and you can download it. There's over 80 recipes, you know, breakfast, snacks, lunches, dinners, all that stuff um, for your for your hormones. So yeah, it's a great place to start if you're wanting to start looking at your hormonal health and making a change.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. I have had such a blast with you. Yes, this has been amazing. Thank you for having me. Here are my key pies takeaways from today's episode with Dr. Beth Westy. Whew, so much good stuff. I mean, so much good stuff that we talked about. You may have your own three key pies takeaways or five or eight, but my number one pies takeaway that I want all of us to hear. When we think about our pies, when we're thinking about our physical attraction, one of the main things that I teach about that is that it's not about how you look. And what we talked about in this podcast could not have underlined, highlighted, and exclamation pointed it more than what I have said before. Women, It is not just about how you look. And if you start chasing how you look, then there are things going on in your body that are wanting to keep you healthy. They're wanting to keep you in a place where they can continue doing their natural cycles. And so if you are submitting your body to crazy diets or crazy workout plans and not reducing your stress or getting the amount of sleep that you need, then it is throwing off your hormones. Now, I am not a doctor. And nothing that we talked about in this episode should be construed as medical advice. You need to talk to your own doctor. Just use this for educational purposes. But I hope that it has at least re emphasized the fact that it's all about how you feel in your body not about how you look. I understand looks are important, but it is more about how you feel. One of the things that we talked about is how a natural reaction to stress in our lives, especially as women, is fat storage. So if you're continuing to stress your body out by not giving it enough fuel or food or nutrients, not giving it enough sleep, overworking it when it needs rest, then that is going to contribute to fat loss as well. Follow how you feel not just how you look. The second key piece takeaway is to really focus on what your long-term goals are for your health, not a short-term fix. You may be wanting to lose that 10 or 15 pounds before summer comes. But how might that be negatively affecting your health long term if you're submitting yourself to a juice cleanse or only eating bone broth for seven days or running every single day until your knees are hurting and you're just not feeling good overall? which again is reemphasizing that point of think about how you're feeling. Do you have energy? Is your stress reducing? Are you being able to sleep well? Not just following a number on a scale. We are not made to be models on the cover of magazines, although that's how we treat ourselves on a daily basis, which leads me to my third key pies takeaway, which is right now I want you to think of at least one thing that you love about your body. Bonus points. If you can take one thing that you don't love about your body that you're looking at and you're saying, I wish my thighs were smaller. I wish I was more muscular. I wish my hair was a different color, whatever it is. Bonus points. If you take that thing you don't like and you can see how it is an amazing part of you you know what? My thighs are strong and they're able to help me lift my children and do the things that I love to do. My hair is graying, which mine actually is very much graying. My hair is graying, but it shows that I have lived life and what a fun color gray can be. It just sets me apart from everyone else. Or I want to be more muscular, but you know what? My body is healthy the way that it is. And while I'm always going to want to be even healthier, I can appreciate what my body is able to do for me now. So be sure that you focus on something you love about yourself every day. You may even start saying these things to yourself on a walk or in the mirror, these positive mantras to put yourself in a more self-love mindset than always self-deprecating. We should love ourselves and love the people that we have around us. But let me tell you something, the harder we become on ourselves, then we become more irritated, more frustrated, we're judging ourselves more harshly, that impacts the relationships that we have in our lives. And for all of the men who have made it to the end of this podcast, first of all, Huge kudos to you. I am so proud of you for being proactive and learning about what goes on inside of the female body of those women that you love. My bonus key pies takeaway for you is to ask yourself what have you learned from this episode that has given you some aha moments about the women in your life, whether it's your kids or your wife, girlfriend, whatever, or whoever it may be. And with what you have learned, how is that going to change the way that you think about this person or react towards? this person whenever you encounter maybe some difficult times with this person during the next month. Are you going to be a little more gracious, understanding of what they might need, maybe give a little bit extra chocolate or allow them to sleep a little bit more because maybe that's what their hormones need. I hope you all learned so much from today's podcast. I know I did. Be sure to leave that review, screenshot it, send it in to hello at piesuniversity.com for your chance to win your free access to the Your Best Self Pies course, which is going to be coming out very, very soon friends. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well.